Unfree Clearance Podcast, episode 059. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Unfree's McGee. I'm Sarah Jehemiak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Unfree. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my recap of the Brendan Solo Show on June 30th, as well as the band's little West Coast run, July 3rd at the House of Blues in Anaheim, California, July 5th at the Brit Music and Arts Festival in Jacksonville, Oregon, and July 6th at the High Sierra Music Festival in Quincy, California. If you've not given that a listen, there's a link in the show notes where you can find it. Quickly, I wanted to mention again, in case you missed it, Umphreys has officially announced their New Year's Eve run, four nights in Denver, Colorado at the Fillmore, December 27th and 28th, with them taking a break on the 29th, then two more nights on December 30th and 31st. If tickets are not sold out by the time this episode airs, you'll be able to find a link to all of the information for the run in the show notes. Um, VIP has some pretty killer options for this run. So if you're interested in that and they're not sold out, you can find information for all of that in the show notes as well. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to tell you all about Swift Charge. If you were at summer camp, perhaps you saw their booths. They were also at Electric Forest as well. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how I used their service during the weekend and how awesome it was. If you're not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger and go to pick it up at the booth when you get to your festival, and it suction cups to the back of your phone and charges while you're raging the show. Your charger runs out of juice, you just take it back to the booth and switch it out for a new one. I love everything about this. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging, yes, that includes for your vape pens too, at live music festivals throughout the summer. There is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah. S-A-R-A, at checkout when you pre-order a charger for your next festival, you'll receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. All right, so let's get to this week's show. On Saturday, July 13th, the band played at the 4848 Festival at the Snowshoe Mountain Resort in West Virginia. This was the inaugural year for this festival. Other bands playing during the weekend would include Green Sky Bluegrass, Infamous String Dusters, Lettuce, Railroad Earth, Marcus King Band, Billy Strings, Turquoise, and others. My husband and I decided to take a very, very, very impromptu seven-hour road trip to see the Umphrey set on Saturday night, and I'm so glad that we did. Um, My husband said Friday, oh, we should go tomorrow, so we called my mother-in-law, and she was able to come and watch the kids, and we kind of just threw some basic shit together and left Saturday morning 
I will admit the last 90 minutes of the road trip were not very fun for me. Um, I will admit I still get motion sickness from time to time in the car. Um, it was really bad when I was a kid. Um, so it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it still happens in the car. And winding up the mountain was most certainly not my favorite part of the weekend. I've tried all sorts of different remedies and things to try and help. Um, but I still sometimes feel like garbage in the car. Um, so if anybody has any ideas of something that will help um, with motion sick sickness in the car, I've tried a Dramamine and I have like these bracelets. Um, you know, I'm going to try some ginger and see if maybe that helps. Um, but if anybody has any remedies or thoughts or ideas, please reach out to me um, through social media or email the show or whatever. Um, I'm very willing to try some different things so I don't feel like that in the future. Anyway, when we did get to 4848, it was just absolutely beautiful. We were able to park with zero issue um, and close to where we found a camping spot, which was also very easy considering that we set up camp the last night of the festival and two hours before Umphreys hit the stage. Um, we set up our tent real quick and caught the bus shuttle that will drive you up the mountain to where the two stages and the main village is. The ease of getting the bus to the show and then back to base camp was very awesome and easy as well. There's regular camping at the base of the mountain that has flushing toilets and showers. Um, I believe you do have to pay extra for the showers. Um, there's all sorts of different lodging options. This festival is super family friendly. Lots of kids um, this year we saw running around. We did not take our kids this year. Um, being a new festival, um, we like to check things out, of course, before we bring them with us. And also, you know, my husband and I just wanted to go and take a last minute trip together. Um, but next year, if Umphreys is playing, we will definitely be back. We'll be taking our kids with us. Um, we got some dinner at this place, um, at one of the restaurants in the village. It was seriously only a few steps from the one stage where um, Railroad Earth played and then where uh, Turquoise closed out the, um, the festival. And when we were eating, there's actually TVs inside of the restaurant, like staggered all over. So we were able to watch the Railroad Earth uh, set while we were eating, which was very awesome. Um, we were also able to find some plant-based options, which is important for my husband and I. So that was very awesome as well. Just a very, very cool festival. I was totally blown away when we arrived. Um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I was kind of basing it off of my other festival experiences. Um, so completely blew away my expectations easily my new favorite festival. And like I said, if Umphreys is there next year, we will most certainly be there too. All right, so let's get to the set of music they played at 4848. And before I unpack this set, I do want to mention that I feel like this set was kind of like, like, a, oh yeah, to people that say things about standard festi sets, sort of a 
we're not going to play a standard Festy set this time kind of a thing is how I took it as, as I was there and, you know, in the moment of the show. I did mention that to my husband, especially after the Dump City that opened the evening. Um, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know how I feel about that. I've expressed my opinions um, on the importance of Festy sets. Um, so that's just how I feel um, about the songs that they chose to play this evening. The show would open with October Rain and moves along into Dump City, I believe one of the highlights from the evening for sure, starting its adventure slightly after three minutes, continuing on for a few minutes, beginning to slowly blossom open wider, fully opening slightly after 10 minutes and resonating way, way out until stomping back into Dump City slightly before 12 and a half. A very strong way to start the evening for sure. White Man's Moccasins next, followed by DDK that gets down into it slightly before nine and a half in. A little funky blues jam nestled inside of there dancing along for a bit, coming down slightly before 13 and a half, and then building all together, almost haphazardly in a way, and then fading out in kind of a dream sequence feel, moving into this little uplifting sort of jam that transforms back into DBK, pivoting and going right into Much Obliged, coming down into its jam slightly before three and a half, and Stasic is giving us this thick and full-sounding bass underneath this as it saunders along, opening up about two minutes later to become this completely just sort of outer space, uneven-sounding jam. I will admit, when they do the break part of like any song, but especially this song, when the lights go down and they come back up, Waffle is so much fun to watch during those parts. He's just so into the jam. He's just so fixated on the stage and he's just watching and he's just like kind of jamming and stuff. That's my favorite time to watch Waffle work. This moves back into DBK and then Higgins comes next with the journey starting out early on slightly before three and a half gaining momentum and moving into a springy and full dance party, but it doesn't settle there for very long, going back into Higgins. Bad Poker next, which just recently celebrated its debut day 17 years ago on July 10th. We last saw this tune this past January 11th at the National in Richmond, Virginia, Definitely a nice little treat to get a bad poker. Um, I have a friend, Ashley. She was on the show previously. I will link her episode in the show notes. Um, not a fan of bad poker, so it was kind of funny to get that. And uh, I knew that she was <laughs> was not uh, not thrilled with them playing that. But very nice little little treat to get a bad poker because. We don't get it very often. So nothing too fancy next, which if you've not heard about this, if you haven't listened to it, you really, really need to. 
Paul and Anders from Green Sky Bluegrass and Billy Strings came out to play on this one. And I seriously had no idea what we were going to get when they came out and they started playing and, you know, kind of getting everybody ready. I honestly thought that maybe we were going to get a dancey cover of White House Road. Um, but nope, <laughs> they went into nothing too fancy and there's just really no words that I can use to describe this. Out of this world, amazing wow, <laughs> watching Billy and Paul and Anders, just watching them play anyways was just so awesome. But then they kind of did this half circle thing with Jake and they're all just jamming and the whole thing was just unbelievable. And the ending part where you think that it's going to be Jake that's just going to shred the shit out of it. No, it's Billy Strings. He steps up and just destroys this. It's just, uh, wow, <laughs> really, just wow. There is a YouTube video that's floating around. I'll pop it in the show notes so you can watch it if you haven't, or maybe watch it again because it's just so good. This alone was totally worth the seven-hour car ride and the feeling like crap car sick <laughs> for the last 90 minutes. It's just still, it just absolutely was like, holy shit, um, I just, it still blows my mind. Definitely check that out if you haven't. My husband and I were already super excited to see Billy Strings when he comes to Buffalo the beginning of August, but now even more so. I mean, he is just incredible. Definitely check this guy out if you like bluegrass or even if you don't. I'm not a bluegrass fan. Um, I've said that before, except for the late, great Jeff Austin. But I can really get behind Billy Strings. Um, I'll link his information in the show notes. Just definitely like check that out. It was just out of this world. An interestingly placed, I thought, cover of the Soundgarden song Outshined comes next to close out the set. An amazing cover. Chris on vocals, Andy on drums. This is the second time that this one's been covered, most recently done on the last day of summer camp during the Sunday day set. I love when Chris sings anyway. This is a great cover for him to sing. Um, he did fantastic the first time, um, but it was also the last day of summer camp. I mean, what is that, four or five days, you know, so your voice is just not the best, and we all know that your voice is scratchy at summer camp from the dust and whatever else. So this version vocally was better for Chris, only for those reasons, of course. I mean, he was still great at summer camp, um, but you know, having a fresher voice to sing something like this certainly helps. Um, so it was still just really fantastic. Encore was two by two, followed by an unfinished in the kitchen that featured a little Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue jammed inside of it for a minute before pivoting and moving down a more dancier path as it continues on. And as I mentioned, that In the Kitchen will remain unfinished and progress into the always great evening closer, The Floor. However, during the end of it, this during the end of this, the festival started blowing off these fireworks, 
like seriously right above our head. It was pretty wild. A seriously awesome, awesome evening. So, so grateful that we made the last minute decision to check out this festival. Just such an awesome, awesome time. So that's everything I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout this episode, including where you can listen to the show that we talked about, as well as the set list, can be found in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments or maybe something you'd like to see on an episode, please reach out to the show. I love hearing from you guys. How you can do that is also in the show notes. And yeah, that's everything I have. So thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.